0: What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge. Thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge.
1: know
0: good morning everybody it is Friday morning actually it's gonna be Friday afternoon when you hear this Cav and Keith here this is the Bronx lounge the Yankees just took two out of three uh, at Yankee Stadium the first two were pretty uplifting the third game was not um but a lot to get into this series Cav. good morning
1: good morning do you um do you feel any differently about you know where the team's at after after this series cuz i'm not sure that i do even though they finally won a series which feels like they haven't done that in forever
0: mm no i mean yeah like after the series win the first two get if they if they i don't know if they if they lost the third game in like a you know a decent battled game yeah, I would feel pretty good, but no. After that third game, that was just that immediately drew that immediately drew me back to what the fuck. Because I mean, it was just I mean, yeah, it was another blow up start from Domingo, but I mean, the four errors in one inning or three errors in one inning, um, you know, that I mean, just it was just a and a, the offense once again sucks. So I mean, that yeah, it immediately drew you back to that was bad, but um yeah I, that was that was pretty ugly i don't i don't know what you're feeling i don't know if you really have any confidence at all but
1: yeah no this this series didn't do much for me but it is interesting because it didn't do much for me in a different way that you know that it was for you so i'm excited to kind of get into it and you know we'll have our you know i think we're going to disagree a little bit about this series on on today's pod not even really you know in terms of whether we feel good or not because i don't think either of us feel great coming out of the series but for different reasons i i don't game three was not the reason i don't feel good um so i am excited to get into that but before we do that we are going to jump into some of the quotes um cashman spoke to the media a little bit earlier in the week and then Hal steinbrenner went on the michael k show on wednesday afternoon um, and we pulled some quotes that you know, we kind of want to talk about, not in you know grave detail, but there there were some quotes from both guys, <laughs> excuse me, that jumped out to us. And the first one, you know, Cashman was asked about the veteran hitters in the lineup, so that would be JD Rizzo, DJ, you know, guys like that. He you know he was asked about their struggling, um, and and the, the the key takeaway from the quote is, I'm happy with their commitment, their care, and ultimately, I know I'll be happy with their end results. Right now, we're struggling, and we just have to play through it. Before I jump into this quote, I want to get your feelings on that piece of the quote. I mean, talking about, you know, the veteran hitters and their struggles in the middle of the lineup.
0: I just, I don't know. They, I feel like they just think it's so early right now. And I don't understand that because it's not early May. It's not, it's not late April where, you know, the team just looks bad off the start of the rip. Like we're like, they've looked bad pretty consistently now for almost two straight months. So, uh... <clears throat> I'm not understanding because they are there right now. I feel like a lot of these quotes that especially we're going to get into there. A lot of them are going to be about taking time and um, it I, the, the time. Like, I don't know. There's just there's no <sighs> nobody's doing good enough to really get me to get anyone to the point to think that they're going to just snap out of the streak. Like, I know they're really focusing more on Josh Donaldson with this quote, because Josh Donaldson has just been absolutely horrendous, and uh, he also has another quote for him, but um, you know, these guys are not, like, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense the fact that you're just gonna keep waiting for these guys to just, to finally lift off when you're already midway through June, the, the, the division's already slipping away, and, I mean, I don't know, especially for guys like Donaldson and DJ's even struggling. Stanton it looks at an all time worse right now. I mean, it's not. I don't know. That just doesn't make sense. It's a that's a bad. That just doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't really answer any problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, it was the when if I if I read the quote with no context, I would think he would be talking about Volpe and and Oswaldo. Because to me, the the quote. Sounds like you know things that organizations say when they talk about the struggles of young players, not veterans. I mean, you're happy with their commitment and their care. I mean, we we know that you know DJ Lemayus committed. He's been he's been he's been in the majors for for how long now? We don't care about that. We need results. So for me, it was just a weird quote because if you read it with no context, to me, you would think that he was talking about you know a couple of the young guys that have struggled. In the lineup not the veterans and I, th- I thought it was a really weird grouping of words to use for guys who have been in the league for so long who were struggling so i just thought it was interesting and then you touched on josh donaldson and how you thought that that quote was kind of centered around him there was also you know cashman going in a little bit deeper on just donaldson and cashman said that he thinks he needs more consistent at bats brings up his good spring and his good start to the season before the injury and how they need more time to reassess to assess him. Yeah, again, that <clears> makes sense. I mean, 5 500 something at bats, you know, between last year and this year as a Yankee for Josh Donaldson and he's looked the same the whole way through. I mean, it's not like his at bats look worse now that he's come back from the injury this year than they did last year. I mean, these are what his at bats looked like all year last year pretty much. And so for for Cashman to go out and say that he needs more consistent at bats, I mean, he played all year last year, he was given the third base job, and then even this year, if he didn't get injured to start the season, we would have seen Donaldson play third base every day. You know, five to six days a week. So for him to say that he needs more consistency, I don't really think. You know that is that quote kind of threw me off guard a little bit, and I just don't think that the injury has anything to do with this because I feel like the bats have looked as bad this year as they did last year when he's when he was completely healthy.
0: No, yeah, exactly. It's Yeah, like you said it, because like, it's not like they're getting, you know, it's not like he did, it's not like he hit two, 270 last year and, you know, thir- 25, 30 home runs, and, you know, that's what we're going to be getting after this injury. Like, you know, he had a bad year last year, and he's continuing to look, he actually looks worse this year, like, he, and he didn't even have a good spring. He, you know, he only had one, he only had like two hits out of, out of however many at-bats he had, so... I don't know. I don't understand that. Um, and I know, I don't know. I don't, I wonder if they, because I mean, especially after this weekend, he's, he's getting, he's, he might, he might come to a point where he might get checked out, you know, you know how it goes. So I wonder if at one point they're real, cause he's, he looks so, he, he looks so out of place right now. It's not even, I like, I wonder if they will, if they will let him go at the end of the year. Cause I mean, yeah he just like this series especially like that was not a good series and I mean I know they have so much love for him but I just don't understand why and uh, I mean you can say that you can say the injury like it does it does make sense but I mean you're like that's it, it, he's not he's not Aaron Judge like he's not he's not prime Donaldson anymore like it's just it's he's like they just don't understand that he's just regressing and he's old he's a 38 year old I don't I mean what else could you expect
1: yeah, and then speaking of Judge, you know, we had a couple interesting quotes on Judge, and I think I think we were on this from the start. You know, obviously I didn't, you know, come up with this, you know, timeline on my own. I, you know, I had information from, you know, a lot of different sources, but we were on it from the beginning that we thought this was going to be longer than, you know, some people originally thought when he hit the wall uh, in Los Angeles and they originally threw him on the I.L., and Cashman did say that this could be longer. Um, He said that he wants to be out there, but but him as well as the organization has to be smart with him because of how important he is. Um, And then Cashman was also asked if Judge doesn't return by the All-Star break, can the team withstand that? Can we hang around? And he said that, you know, we could because the team has professional hitters. Uh, And then just one major quote, we're not going to obviously do any trading to replace Judge. So ultimately, we've just got to wait for him to get back. In the meantime, we have a lot of guys that are capable of doing great things for us. It's missing right now, but it'll come around. I truly believe that.
0: I, I feel like he just I feel like he just believes that this team is just coincidentally all in one big slump at one time, and that they're all going to break out of it at one big time. Like that's just not like it, no. They they're just not a good baseball team right now. I don't know. Like I feel like that's just they've been saying that for the past like three years, when everyone gets hurt, and, you know, we're in this mix again, where we're at, like, uh, are we in playoff contention or not, and then, you know, Judge goes down, Stanton goes down, oh, but we got other, we got other professional hitters who can do the job, but no, they don't, like, we don't, no, I, I, I don't know, I don't like, I hate these quotes so much, these, these, these were such flat quotes, and not even, not even just from Cashman and Steinbrenner, like, Boone had some pretty flat ones, too, if you heard in, a uh, John Boys media, like, they just had some really... Like, I don't know, man. They just – I feel like they're just clueless right now. Yeah, I
1: I kind of agree. Like, totally just a flat quote. I mean, I don't hate anything he said, but he really didn't say anything groundbreaking. I mean, when when you look at why the offense is struggling, it's not because of the replacements of Judge right now. I mean, Bowers is hitting, and so is McKinney. Like, we'll get into that. It's really, you know, the other guys. So, even if Judge was around, those guys – you know, would still be struggling. It wouldn't really make a difference that judges in the lineup. So I kind of do understand what he's saying, but it is a flat quote, you know, nothing groundbreaking there. And I just thought, you know, some of those quotes from Cashman were interesting. And then how Steinbrenner went on the Michael K show on Wednesday. And there was a couple of quotes, you know, I listened to the whole, uh, the whole interview live and there were a couple of quotes from, this interview on the case show that were interesting to me. I actually liked listening to Hal. I thought he gave some pretty honest, straightforward answers. I thought, you know, he kind of spoke from, you know, the heart and wasn't kind of giving the BS that we get from Boone and Cashman a lot. You know, talked a lot about how he's not like his dad and he's not going to act like his dad and how his dad was hated by a lot of people. Um, but you know, he said nobody's on the hot seat right now. Um, he wants to get through the season, see what happens, and you know, they tried to push him further with you know, people being on the hot seat. And he said, you know, I would say that if we can march into the playoffs with 90% of our intended team and that we expect it to be on the field every day, 90%, and we don't perform well in the playoffs, I'm going to start asking questions even then. So he's, you know, he's basically saying right now that Boone and catchment are okay, which we kind of, I feel like we kind of already knew, but, you know, he did say that if this team is, you know, pretty much healthy in the playoffs and they don't do anything, then, you know, he's, he might start asking questions. And I thought that was interesting. Cause I feel like that's the first time we've kind it's of actually, you know, heard something like that from Hal.
0: Yeah, no, that is. And it's also, I mean, I understand, you know, I understand probably just wait it out for the rest of the season. Cause I mean, a mid season front, like, a mid season house, house clean is, you know, that's, that's ugly. So, um, but I mean, uh that is yeah i mean that's actually kind of you know you don't hear something like that so i mean this could be because i mean this is now five years in your in your in one of your best players since you've had since jeter era pretty much like yeah, and you have hadn't had a successful season around him you signed a pitcher for you signed at the time what was one of, going to be one of the best pitchers moving forward on the in the league um you know you signed him for 300 million you got nothing out of it you traded for you traded for um, mvp a year after you get you didn't get anything you know they're like i like you know i under, it's just the frustration you know he has to be understanding the frustration at this point and um that goes into his next quote where you know he kind of now I, I don't know i didn't i didn't really like this one because i hate i hate their i hate unless it's april And, like, you know, obviously the start of the year, you know, when players start off struggling, you know, that's a different story. But when it's June and people still look bad and, you know, you're still in a slump where you're not, you know, where we don't even feel like we're a confident team and, you know, we don't even feel like we're going to be a better team than whoever we're playing in a series, then, you know, I don't understand why, like, he has so much faith in these guys. Like, so his next quote was, they are upset. I'm a little confused this year being the third week of June why they're so upset. They're upset and that and that's going to get my attention of course. It's the third week of June, right? Exactly. We're almost we're almost at the All-Star break and we and we look bad. Like I know I know there could always be a second half of the season flip of the switch. But I mean the way your team looks where you're just where you know, it feels like this is just an old regressing team and ju- and they can't figure anything out without their without their captain. I mean, I don't know. I just <sighs> I don't know. I didn't like yeah. it. It not make sense. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's the quote of the interview. Like uh,
1: media wise, that was the one that everybody jumped on and for good reason. And I, and I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I also kind of, I don't know. I'm going to get hated for this. I, I kind of understand where he's coming from when he says that he's a little confused because I feel like people, including us, I think a lot of Yankee fans are, you know, understanding kind of a little bit, you know, at, at least part as to why they've been struggling so much. And it's because of the injuries. And then, you know, you have a lot of veterans who weren't hitting and, you know, we're upset obviously, but I don't think confused, you know, was the right word for him to use there. I I, I don't love the quote. It kind of, it kind of sounds to me like, you know, a little bit of like a losery quote, like kind of, you know, not my fault. Like I don't know why you guys are so mad. I, yeah, totally. but I
0: feel, but I feel like it's just the fact that there's no change. Like I get it. You get, I get it. You like Josh Donaldson. I get it. You know, I, I don't know. Like I get it. Oswaldo was, you know, starting this was the starting left fielder at the start of the year, so he's gonna be like, but you gotta make a change. I don't know. Bring up, bring up Peraza. Bring up Floriel. Floriel's raking right now in Triple A. Like you know, you need that. You need another outfielder. So you know. Bring him up, man. So it's like you know, put IKF back at third base and just sit Josh Donaldson down because his offense is not producing anything whatsoever. So you know, yeah, get yourself some, get, get yourself a little bit of depth. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, if there was some change being made and they were still struggling, you know, then it's just like you know, yeah, we got hit by the injury bug and it sucks. You know, you know, the is out, Judge is out, Cortez is out. Um, you know, we finally got Bader back, but you know, it took a bit for him to come. Back. You know, it's just we got hit by the injury bug. I get that, but I mean. It's just the fact that you know when you have all these guys slumping when you when you get hit by the injury bug then it's like that's just that's a different that's a different story that's gonna that's it's going to make you look bad and then in you know some of those guys get like you know stanton's prone to injury um you know rizzo he got he got hurt for a little bit of a stretch dj was dj's now pretty prone to injury like you know it could have gotten it could have gotten even worse so it's just i mean i don't know yeah, I mean,
1: I I agree. I, I'm I'm not. I do. I, I saw a lot of people like on Twitter that were fuming over this quote. I, all I'm saying is like I wasn't fuming over it, but I do understand the frustration. It does. It is a little bit of a bad quote out of him. So
0: and I and I do understand where you have to be patient. I mean, I you know there could always be that second half, but it's I don't know.
1: Yeah, and he did. He did also, you know, in the interview, come out and say that you know they're not changing their. Their business plan. I mean, they're out to win a championship every single year, which I know has been something that some fans have kind of been questioning the last couple of years. But he came right back out. He was, you know, Michael K. asked him. He came right back out and said that he was. So, you know, we'll definitely, you know, continue to give updates when those two guys talk because they talk a little bit more than than a lot of other GMs and owners. So at least we can appreciate yeah. that. You know, we every now and then we do get we do get some words out of them. But we'll jump into some housekeeping. You uh, you talked about Florio. There is a little bit of a conversation I want to have within housekeeping about Florio. I want to get your opinion, but we'll start with Judge. Um, he took pretty good to the PRP injection, the second one. Uh, he's now going to be, you know, working in the pool and doing more balance and strength exercises over the past couple of days, and they're hopeful that if that goes well, that he can do some light throwing and light hitting by the end of the week. So I think, you know, not, you know, groundbreaking update for Judge, but definitely moving in the right direction because he finally was able to take that PRP and, and move in the right direction with it. And then the Yankees also placed Willie uh, on the 10-day IL with the left quad strain running the first base um, to take Calhoun's spot on the roster. They recalled Oswaldo again from AAA. Um, and this is where I kind of wanted to have a quick conversation with you. I kind of feel like they should have went with Florio. I feel like at this point, oh, yeah. Oswaldo has, you know, shown at this point this year that right now he's just not hitting at the big league level. Florio, like you said, is raking in AAA right now. And let's be real. I mean, with with the way the team is constructed and with the way the guys are playing right now, your outfield is Bowers, Bader, and McKinney. So whoever you brought up, whether Florio or, or Oswaldo, is not going to be the you know it's going to be the fourth or fifth outfielder on this roster. And I feel like for defense and, you know, run base running purposes, which is, you know, a lot of what bench guys do, I feel like Floro even fits that role better than Aswaldo does. And I feel like it would, you know, help as Waldo, instead of every week, you know, come, going back down to Scranton, coming back up to the big leagues, coming back down to Scranton. I feel like it would help him to go down to the minors for a little bit and actually work, you know, on what, you know, has been going wrong and make some adjustments. I kind of think that this should have been, you know Florial, and I don't know why they hate Florial so much, but I feel like it should have been Florial here. And I wanted to get your opinion on that.
0: <clears throat> no, I also I've been I've been on a bit of a Florial train lately because I, you know, it's the outfield depth that you need. One, two, he, you know, one he's raking right now, and he hasn't had you know he's only had sixty, he only had yes under sixty plate appearances in the MLB. You know, I know it always feels like he's up here for a while and he just does nothing. You know, because, I mean, he does, like, legit, <clears throat> he does really not hit. Like, uh, he only, he doesn't have, like, uh, a whole lot of, like, you know, success in the MLB, really. Uh, let's see, he has he's, he has 10 hits in the MLB in uh, 54 at-bats. So, um, but, I mean... You know, Oswaldo has a, has 170 at-bats and, you know, 189 average. So, I mean, you know, you're really not getting any... You're really... You're not getting much production out of Oswaldo. I think you just got to keep him down for a little bit. Um, I would have rather seen Florial Give him more shot. It's speed on the bench. He got... He's a good... He is a good outfielder, too. He makes some good plays. He's speed... He's pretty fast in the outfield. Um. So, I don't... Yeah, I would have gone Floreal. I, that's what I'm saying. You know, make a change. You know, just... Bring some spark, you know. Always everyone and everyone like and, and Florial's a good. The Florial's a, a clubhouse guy, you know. Um, But I mean, I would have gotten Florial. I know people have their doubts with Florial, but I mean, you got to think about it. He's only gotten, he really only got playing time in in the shitty 2020 season and and a little bit of 2021, and that's really it. Um But I mean, he's been he literally he's been bounced up and down after like those two week stretches, and then you know he looked bad, and then they don't give him a shot like they did with Volpe. You know, they'll be there stringing him along for the past however long. You know, Floreal, they only give a couple weeks and they send him right back down. And then he's up and then down. And this is, you know, I would have got Florial.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, I mean, I feel like the Yankees have showed their hand with Florial at this point. They don't believe in him. And he's raking right now at AAA. So his, his value is going up. And I think they do want to end up trading him. So I guess their thinking is they don't want, you know, him to come up to the majors and struggle at the majors. And maybe that value dips down a little bit. But I feel like in terms of what this roster is right now and how it's constructed, I feel like Florial is just the no brainer. I mean you talk about you you talked about how good he is defensively. He's a better defensive outfielder than Oswaldo and he could play center field and he could play it at a really high level. So that is that you know that's important to this team right now, especially for a backup outfielder because you can look at those guys for defensive speed. And Oswaldo's Waldo's not hitting anyway. So it's not like you're losing anything offensively if you bring Florial up. There's more potential honestly for him to hit right now because he's so hot at AAA. So I really felt like it was a no brainer and I they obviously, you know, have you know something against Florio, they 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 don't believe in him. They want to deal him. I, I just thought that was like a little bit of an interesting conversation. When I saw that it was going to be Oswaldo again, I was kind of shocked because I also feel like this is this can stunt him making adjustments that he needs to make. I mean, we think Oswaldo's part of the future here. So you know, if if he's struggling as much as he is, and they've obviously shown that they're willing to send him down, other you know, unlike Anthony Volpe. Why don't you send him down and give him time down there to make the adjustments he needs to make, and then maybe he can, you know, make a bigger impact on the major league roster later in the year. So I just thought it was interesting. I wanted to get your feedback. Couple, you know, other quick housekeeping. Bader's back, obviously played the whole series. Really good to see him back. Made some, you know, nice plays in the outfield. Just, you know, all out confidence when he's, you know, out in center. Yeah, he had
0: he had a a hit and a stolen base too, right? As he came back too, so it was a really nice, really nice, uh, really nice comeback from uh, Bader.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely good to see. Rodon continued um, to pitch in a rehab game, and Nestor started throwing lightly. So just a couple of updates on the housekeeping. I think it is time to get into game one, my favorite game of the series, the, the only game that I really felt good about. Uh, I really and like because, this game. And that's because my guy, Garrett Cole, took his two huge cojones and slapped them on the table, gave us mm. an absolutely great performance, seven innings, one earned, eight Ks, one walk, obviously, you know the strikeouts came late. He was fired up, got into a little bit of you know a battle with uh, Caballero. A finger wag. He didn't didn't love his antics. Struck him out. Um, obviously, Cole's becoming a goofy. He is a goofy, and honestly, I love him more and more every time he does something like this. Really? To me, oh yeah, it because... what he what he did in this game fired me up.
0: Really? Because well, I mean, yeah, that was cool. Honestly, it was funny. But I, dude, I don't know when we. He was a dude. I really wanted that fierce fucking Garrett Cole, Houston Astros Garrett Cole. Like he was the guy that I was like, like we were afraid to play against. I don't know. I feel like no everyone's like, fucking Garrett Cole. I don't know. He's funny. He's a funny. I
1: almost feel like I almost feel like when he's on the mound, he is fierce like that. And then when he gets off the mound, and you hear him talk, like you know, to the media after his starts and stuff, I feel like he doesn't want to be you know, come off as like a rash kind of guy. So in turn ter- like in like he tries to yeah. channel, you know, his his you know, his fierceness and he comes out goofy and I, I like both yeah. sides of it. But when Cole when Cole is on the mound, I do feel like he's, you know, the fiercest competitor that we have out there on the mound.
0: And Nah definitely watching
1: just... watching this performance was was really good to see. no
0: nah, definitely. I felt like uh I felt like he was more well in Houston he was like a dark side like join the dark side kind of guy, but uh you know, I uh, that did fire me up. I did, I did like that. That was a cool little jester. You know, you, you get back in the fucking box, dude. We don't got time. Um, but no, the, uh, let's let's get in that game. That was, I mean, seven, seven, seven and a third, and eight strikeouts. I mean, and only one walk, um, and two huge balls in his pants. Uh, that's 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 a huge that's a huge series. Uh, that's a huge uh, game right there by Garrett Cole, and uh, uh, good starts from him lately.
1: Yeah, especially when you know. A couple of weeks ago, we were in Seattle, and Kirby absolutely shut us down. And Kirby did go three, seven innings in this game. But, you know, they were able to tag him for a couple of runs early, and for Cole to just shut the door. You know, they score early, and then the offense goes quiet, and we know that, you know, they've done that. You know, in the Red Sox series, there was two games that they scored a run in the first inning, and they didn't score again. So, you know, they were able to get a couple of runs up early, and Garrett Cole just absolutely shut the door. I mean, even the run he gave up, McKinney, you know, just couldn't get to that ball. Probably misplayed it.
0: probably misplayed yeah, it.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Now, I'm not even mad at him for it, but, you know, just, you know, a really good performance by Garrett Cole, and, you know, definitely a really good day for Rizzo. Um, yeah, know, that was huge. was getting back on track.
0: That was huge. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was something I took out of the game, the three hits from Rizzo right there. I mean, um, one of them was probably not a hit, but, um, you know, a hit's a hit, so a uh, three-hit performance yeah, the... right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah the rbi double in the first tay oscar should have caught that
1: ball uh but i mean i think that you know maybe hopefully that's like a jump starter for him i mean it, it, i mean no matter you know whether it should have been caught or not or, or not it wasn't caught it ended up in the books as an rbi double and you know he comes on to rip one down the line later in the game for another double and then another single later so a three-hit day for rizzo after we've been crying and waiting so long for rizzo to start getting it going you know, this was a really good sign. A nice three hit day. That's, uh, that's obviously, you know, really good to see out of a guy like that.
0: No, definitely. And I mean, he was been, and I know we were having the conversation about, you know, whether or not we were confident in his, and if he was able to, you know, return back to his old self. And I mean, you know, he's just so good of a player to not be able to, to, you know, figure it out like that. So, I mean, I was, you know, that's a good game. That's an uplifting game to see him like that. Uh, You know, he didn't get any other hit for the next two games, but um, you know, three hit game. Hopefully, that's just. Uh, hopefully, that was an adjustment that he made that uh, that keeps him going that way. Because, I mean, before bef- before that stretch, I mean, before the stretch, he was. I mean, he was batting over 300. I mean, he was every. He was hitting all over the field. I mean, he he looked. He was. You know, he was good. Like he looked really good. Um, so hopefully, I mean, we just need him back. That's it. Billy McKinney also had a, a home run. Also gave a. Uh, the third run of the game—that was, um—that a fucking shot.
1: Yeah, that was tattooed. That was the longest homer of his career, uh, and he and he got all of that one. That was, that was a display of a, you know, that was that was a really pretty swing. I I watched that home run, yeah. replayed it like ten times because I I do like his swing a lot. I, I, I obviously everybody loves Bill McKinney right now, but I do think that he's got. Some of the tools to like stick on this roster, you know, if he continues to play well, because I, I think he, he has a lot of tools to his game that are playable, even if he's not an everyday guy. I think there's things that he does that are really useful off the bench.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I've been saying that. I mean, Greg Allen once again, he got hurt, um, so you know, there's your bench piece right there. He's got speed. He's a he's a really good outfielder. I mean, he had a he, mess, he messed up a play in in the game one, but um, you know, you can go back and forth on that. But I mean uh overall i I like mckinney i feel like he's provided such and his offensive numbers are really good too you know like he's he's been he's been like you know filling the filling the void pretty fine and i mean he also had a home running game too so i mean you know you really can't be mad
1: yeah and we had the tale of two cities in terms of the fans in this game donaldson the billing began in this game on a yeah. double play ball. But then the standing ovation for Cole was a really loud ovation for a guy that went seven and a third. I mean, seven and a third is, is a good performance, but don't get me wrong. But that ovation to me sounded like, you know, he lost a no hitter in the ninth. Like that was a very loud ovation. He got some really good recognition. And then Donaldson, the boos begin. Um, Cole goes seven and the third. And then uh, another thing about this game that was really big is that the bullpen gets saved because, you know, Cole goes seven to third and then Clay comes in, and gets the last five outs, shuts the game oh, down. I thought Clay once again looked it's really incredible. good. The seeker I feel like is going back to, you know, what we saw early last year.
0: Yeah, and Clay, I mean, we talked about him um I think the, in the Mets series podcast. Uh I mean Clay has been lights out in the in the past now it's eighteen innings that he's pitched, so um it's great to see Clay back. Um, <clears throat> you know, if he continues this good stretch of uh, pitching, because you know now he can probably climb himself up to that solidified closer role, especially the way King has been pitching. He uh, he had a close call in Game Two before we get into Game Two, but um, yeah, uh, that was a great great pitching performance by, uh, or great great recent pitching performances by uh, Clay Holmes, and I'm glad to see him back. But Game Two. Um, uh, alongside of a great pitching performance, Johnny Brito, uh, he got called up for this one, and uh, five and two thirds, and you know was pretty much lights out.
1: Yeah, he was lights out, and this is what we saw his first couple of starts to to begin the season. And yeah. the funny thing about this start is he had a, an ERA above seven in his last three starts, AAA before getting the call up. So it wasn't like he was pitching you know well, and he was in a groove you know coming up to to make this start. He was really struggling. So for him to you know go out and shove like he did, I thought his stuff looked really good. He got into a little bit of trouble in the first, got out of it, and then after that, it was pretty much smooth sailing. Um, and again, I think when you look at these first two games of the series, this is the formula right now for them to win games. They get a couple of runs early, and the pitching staff shuts it down. And you know they won these two games because of the two starting pitching performances that they got out of Cole and out of Brito and for Brito to come up and do that especially after struggling in his last couple of AAA starts I think was huge for him
0: no definitely and I mean and that came in in a huge time Um, and like I said um, Billy McKinney had a home run Jake Bowers also had a home run that's you know I think that really solidifies him to honestly you know you gotta think about Jake Bowers he might be sticking on the roster probably for the year I mean he he, I think he unless they make a trade for you know another outfielder um, you know I think he'd I don't know unless unless they do Judge Bader McKinney, and then they put. Oh. Well, I honestly um, think
1: right now that Bowers is over McKinney. You don't agree? I
0: don't know. I feel like if McKinney can, well, no, I feel like Bowers is probably over McKinney. I don't know. I feel like if McKinney really goes on a good hot streak, probably we can have another conversation. But uh, um, yeah, probably ba- Bowers is probably over the over him right now. So yeah, Bowers in left field. But I yeah, I mean, I feel like. I feel like unless McKinney goes on a really hot streak, Bowers is probably your left fielder for the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, obviously, defensively, it's Billy McKinney. I think Bowers is getting better by the day in the outfield, but I still don't have you know, total confidence in him in the outfield. But yeah, nice offensively, in, uh, I feel like the, right he did have a nice catch, yeah. He did, and, he's, and he's had a couple of those. Yeah, But I feel like offensively, he's been really consistent the whole time he's been up here. I mean, and he had that little struggle you know, at the beginning, and then after that, I feel like he's been really – Consistent, like I feel like it hasn't been like, you know, he's hot for a couple days and then we don't hear from him for a couple days and then he's hot again. Like I feel like he's been really consistent at the plate. I think that's really important. And I think right now there's no way you could take him out of the lineup with how consistent he's been. I mean, he's batting leadoff for this team right now.
0: Yeah, and once he gets, you know, once he gets the lift on the ball, I mean, that's just a lefty bat, man. I mean, you know, I know you want to stay away from the home runs all the time. You know, stay away from the analytics, but I mean, you know, that short porch man, it'll come in handy for him. And that's a lefty bat that if you know if he really gets on a good streak, I mean. You know, we haven't, you know, who knows what an actual good Jake Bowers can consist of. So, I mean, uh, I think he's, I think he's looks really comfortable, especially this past stretch, just because I feel like he's starting to break in now and, you know, starting to get starting to get comfortable with everything. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like the stretch from him. Uh, Anthony Volpe also got his 10th te- uh, homer of the year. Um, that was, uh, it's pretty cool to see. He's been, he uh, has been okay. This past stretch.
1: Yeah, he's been all right. I, I, it is nice to see him in double digits for the home runs. I mean, there's not a ton of shortstops in the league right now that hit for a ton of power. So, you know, the 10 home runs from in the shortstop position is pretty solid. Um, but there are still some some things to work out with him. He is working through it, though. I, I do like to be, you know, he's sticking with the adjustment. Where are we are seeing a couple of hits? He had a single in game one of the series, then a home run in game two. So I do feel like we are you know, maybe starting to figure some things out with him, but obviously the the overall numbers on the year are still bad and the at-bats still don't always look great, but no,
0: no, it doesn't, yeah.
1: yeah. And then, you know, another thing about the burrito start for me was, you know, that he was very efficient through the first couple of innings and he was able to give them just about six innings. So again, after getting seven and a third and only having to use clay in game one, they get five and two thirds at a burrito because he retired 12 in a row and had only 44 pitches through four innings. And I feel like this is a really important thing for this bullpen because I think we do see some fatigue because you you talked about Clay and, and, and uh, I mean, not Clay King. And he struggled at the end of this game, and then also Wandy struggled again. So Clay yeah. has been good, but King and Wandy seem like they're struggling now, which is concerning. Mm. Maybe it's because they're being overused. Because Clay—I mean, sorry—I keep saying Clay, <laughs> King and Wandy were above the highest usage guys in in the month of May, and even to begin June they were as well. Just in terms of like Major League Baseball, so maybe it's fatigue. But both of those guys have been struggling these last couple of series. Wandy's really starting to concern me, I feel like, a little bit. So I feel like for Brito and Cole to start the series with giving the bullpen a lot of rest in these games and they didn't have to throw a ton of innings, I feel like was really important for these guys because I feel like they do need to start, you know, not pitching every day and getting some rest. As, you know, we're only halfway through the season. If they're already getting fatigued, you know, we might be in trouble with
0: those two guys. Yeah, I'm not going to be too... I'm not going to be too... I mean, I'm going to be worried about... um... I'm going to be worried about, you know, the next week if they're still in a bad stretch, but I'm not going to be too worried about overall for the next, for the rest of the season, unless it's, you know, unless it's somehow an injury or something, but, uh, I mean, we're almost at the all-star break. So, I mean, uh, once they get there, then they'll have their, they'll have the rest at that time. So, um, you know, I'm not too worried, but, uh, they do look bad. Yeah. They, uh, they, um, King especially, a lot of his pitches have really just been hanging in the zone. He almost, uh, Hernandez, dude, I'm telling you, he was just a couple inches away from tying the game. He was right, he was just under that. And uh, Wandy, Wandi's looked bad. He just can't find the zone at all. I feel like Wandy's getting hit around a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really concerning. It's good that Clay stepping up. Tommy Kaneley also looks really good. Um, so it's great to see that. But
1: um. yeah, I feel like kingley has been underrated good since he's come back. I know they don't pitch him a ton yet. They're still working him back, but I feel like Kingley has looked really good. And to that point you made about the, Her- the Hernandez uh, fly out to center, that was a horrendous pitch by Michael King, an absolute hanging slatter with two guys on in a four, one game. And Hernandez has a lot of pop and he's beat the Yankees, you know, in multiple spots like that. I remember him hitting a three run homer off Wandy in a two run game last year in Toronto on a Sunday afternoon game, and they eventually won that game because of that home run. And he just missed it. You could you could see it on his face when he hit it. He slammed the bat. You know, just missed that pitch. And right after that pitch, you saw Boone go right out and grab him and go with Canley. So so they're seeing what we're seeing as well with King. They didn't stick with him in that game after that pitch. So definitely concerning from those two guys. But I mean, other than that, they again the formula for them to win through these first two games is for them to get a couple of runs early. They get two home runs early in the game, a two run homer by Bowers, and then the McKinney solo shot. And, you know, you get the, you know, the Volpe home run late, but it's really square early and the the pitching, you know, holding down the fort. And that's the formula to win these two games. And so I feel like offensively the problems, you know, that, you know, we've talked about the last couple of weeks with this team are still aren't totally fixed because really, besides the Volpe home run, the only offense in these first two games was Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers.
0: Yeah, really. I mean, that was it. I haven't offense was a little weak. Was a little weak this series, aside from you know a couple, a couple of big big moments. But I mean, game three was really ugly, especially. Uh, yeah,
1: and I I want to let you take the reins on game three because like we talked about in the open. You were a lot, you were very concerned about game three. I wasn't concerned. About I game mean, Three. I was concerned about the first two games.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not, I mean, Domingo just had a blow up start. That is concerning to me. Um, you know, those are no, I mean, that's, that's the same stretch. Seve went in where this is now two blow up starts in a row and, you know, you can only hope there's not a third, um, so I don't know. That was really that was really bad because he just got plunked around. I mean, changeups were just sitting in the zone. I mean, they meatballs down the middle. I, I, that just he looked bad. Uh, the three errors in the one inning was really really annoying. Um, so I, I don't I, I don't know. I was just pissed off because it just they just looked so. That was just an ugly game more than it was anything. I mean, kind of falafel pitches for the for the second time this week, that's just, just, I mean, that's how it goes, that's just, the, that's just how, been, how, how it feels, I mean, I don't know, I, I mean, there's not like, that's not like, it's not like they got no hit, or something, but it's like, um. but I mean, I don't know, I, I, it, it, it's just that, the way it went, Josh Donaldson had a pretty botched error, Rizzo had a bad error, it, it, I don't know,
1: Yeah, I feel like I just feel a little bit differently about this game because I feel like this was one of those classic Yankees games where they just didn't care. They won the first two games of the series. They didn't want to use the big guys in the pen because they used them all in game two the night before because I feel like from the jump, Domingo didn't have it, and they could have seen that. So if they really wanted to win this game, I feel like they would have pulled Domingo early. You know, he he was getting clobbered. They continued to bring him out there. So I feel like this was just a classic game of the Yankees didn't care. Obviously, the Domingo concerns are there. And there's, there's no doubt about that. But I just feel like the Yankees didn't care about this game at all. And it sucks because, like, as a, as a fan, we care about every single game, you know, pretty much equally. So, like, this, you know, game mattered to, like, me and you. But I feel like it didn't matter to them. I feel like they looked at it. They won the series in the first two games. They used, you know, their big guys in the pen in games one and two. And, they you know, they weren't really concerned about this game. They didn't want to use those big guys. They kept them in going way too long offensively, you know, they got shut down. And I feel like the at-bats were bad in this game. I just feel like it was, like, across the team. It was just a game they didn't really care about. So I'm not going to really care about it. But the big concern from this game was obviously Domingo because that's two horrendous starts in a row. After, you know, we were singing his praises. I mean, he was, you know, for a little – for a small stretch there, he was, you know, the best pitcher in the rotation for a couple of starts. He he looked really good. And now two absolutely blow-up starts where he had absolutely nothing in both of these starts you know, is definitely concerning.
0: No, yeah, it is concerning. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, it, 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 it's really bad because, you know, we can't have a stretch where him and Sebi and, you know, uh, you know, aside from Garrett Cole, you know, we're not, we don't have that solidified, you know, we don't know, you know Clark Schmidt, you know, you can go both ways sometimes. So you know, you don't really have a solidified starting five, you know, we can't have Domingo go into a stretch like that because he, he really, and it sucks because he really was in a good stretch. Um. So, I mean, it sucks, but I mean, hopefully that was just, hopefully that was just another blow up and he gets it out of the way. That's really it.
1: Yeah, because we're going to need him right now until, you know, Rodon comes back and they make a decision, you know, on what they're going to do. I mean, he is probably going to be in this rotation all year long. I mean, So you know he definitely does need to figure it out, but I mean on the bright side for this series, I mean they did win a series, which again I feel like you know it was forever since they actually won a series, and they were actually able to gain a game on Tampa. They're only nine and a half back now, so collapse for the Yanks. Nine and a half, you know, not too much. (laughs) Four and a half back of Baltimore, and they're currently clinging on to that third wild card spot right now. So they're they are hanging around. A nice little series win. Uh, three games over the weekend at home first, the Texas Rangers, who have been the second best team in the American League this whole first half of the year. This is a really scary series for me. Um, they absolutely manhandled us early in the year in Texas. And I feel like we could be, you know, coming back here on either, you know, late Sunday or early Monday morning, you know, back with the bad feels. Because I feel like the, this is a series of the Yankees. I, I don't know if I feel the, that the Yankees can win this series right now.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, Texas is on, a, is on a tear right now. I mean, Seager's playing out of his mind. I mean, Marcus Simeon is Marcus Simeon. Um, you know, Valdi's shoving. Um, uh, you got to just hope that uh, we just, once again, hope for the best. I don't know. That's really it. Um, but that's kind of just what it's going to be for the next couple weeks, I guess. Just hope for the best.
1: Yeah, is there, uh, is there anything else you want to touch on from this series or from you know the quotes from the two big you know guys in the front office? Is there is there anything you want to touch on? I think I'm I think I kind of got it all out. I I, I want to keep seeing Bowers and McKinney. I think everybody does, but Bowers and McKinney need to continue getting at bats. I don't like that as Waldo was up, and I don't feel great about the offense even with you know two wins because I feel like you know they still didn't do much
0: yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much what i feel too i wonder i mean the only question i really have is just like i really do wonder for like you know you know does this front office does this team really believe like does this team really believe that they are a world series contending team like do like i don't know like are they do like do they really have that much confidence in this team to just to just miraculously figure it out that's the only like it's yeah i don't know man that's that's an interesting one
1: yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely a fair question to ask. I mean, I also don't love the pitching matchups in this series. I mean, Clark, who had one of his worst starts in Texas, uh, is going up against um, Dane Dunning, who's got an ERA under three. John Gray's got an ERA under three. He's going to start against Seve. And then Heaney, who you know Heaney's going to pitch well against us. You just know yeah. it against yeah. Cole. So, I mean, I, I don't even love the pitching matchups in this series. Hopefully Clark can give us, a, you know, a solid start. He was okay in Boston in his last start. And then Sevi, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing for us too because we can't have Sevi and Domingo Hermann struggling like they are right now in the rotation. So I feel like, you know, now that Domingo's, you know, really starting to concern us, I feel like we need, you know, a really solid outing out of Severino against a really good offense. Um, and I feel like even if we do lose this series, if we get a good start at the Severino, you know, that can be something we can build on moving forward. Cause you know, we, we talk about how important he is to this team in this rotation. And I feel like this is the time where we need to start seeing some improvements in, in his
0: starts. That so, start so tonight the series. Yep. Starts tonight. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Seeger so. to hit home run and everyone's going to freak out because he should have <laughs> yeah, been I a mean. Yankee because he should have been a Yankee. But, um, Check us out on all socials at the Bronx Lounge. We're gonna start posting more on everything else. We gotta, we're gonna go, we're gonna figure it out on TikTok and, and Instagram. But Twitter, Twitter, we're pretty active on Twitter. Um, but Instagram, TikTok, and and i um, YouTube will we'll also probably go posting on there as well. But we'll 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 get there as soon as we can. But um, yeah, Twitter, check us out on Twitter. We're pretty much updating as much as possible on there.
1: Yeah and uh, I mean we have a, uh, a 135 start on Sunday. Um, I'm going to be I'm going to be out with the family during the day, but we might actually be able to do, you know, a night a Sunday night get oh, yeah, it, that's get right. it, get it a, out to you guys on Sunday night because it is a 135, so you right, know, bro. if I get home late in the afternoon, we might be able to knock one out for you guys, get one nice and early. We try to get them out as early as possible.
0: And yes. Yeah, that's we are, gonna, that's We're also going to the game next Sunday. So next Sunday that's going to be a fun one. We should be like doing like I don't know what we're doing. We're just going to the game next Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Definitely going to yeah. be a lot of fun. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for the Bronx Silence podcast. We'll see you guys. We're just going to say we're going to do it on Sunday night. Yeah, so man. we will see you guys either on Sunday night or if you fall asleep, we'll see you guys bright and early on Monday, Monday morning. Morning. Nice, nice coffee and you know, a Bronx Lounge podcast if you decide uh-huh. to go to bed early on Sunday night. Yeah. So that's going to do it for us. We will see you guys on Sunday night. Yanks, put up a fight against Texas at home. Just, just put up a fight. Let's go, Yanks.